welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me as always is Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. And there's the opening bell. Opening whistle? Opening whistle! <laughs> Football's back, baby! Woo! Yeehaw. Oh, come on. Oh, I love football. Don't don't even start. Yeah, come on, especially in the South. I mean, you've got college football, you've got NFL. Actually, you know, is there a day that you can't watch football? No, probably not. I mean, maybe once, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Once the schools get going, you've got varsity on Friday nights, you've got JV on, on a different night, you've got you know, uh, middle school team that plays, they, they played some night of the week. I mean, there's, there are games going on all the time. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's every time you turn on the TV, you can probably find a football game going on. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I doubt very seriously that like the local JV team is going to be televised, but. I mean, you know, local channels, you never know. You never know. And then you have the XFL. Oh, but they're yeah. in the spring, right? I have no idea. I miss my AAF. We had the Memphis Express here for uh, not even a year. <laughs> I miss it. But I mean, I do, again, we try not to make this very time sensitive, but especially with COVID, I've heard rumors of how even kids, peewee football and stuff like that, the parents have been missing college football and NFL that they've gotten so rowdy behind these peewee football games. Mm. I'll admit that I don't have a, a, a college team really that I follow because of my own personal, I didn't go to a big school with a big team, so I've never been a big college football fan other than, you know, the Memphis Tigers. And up until recently, they were not a football team that you really followed. Now, lately, they've been, actually been doing a pretty decent job. But So I'm not a big SEC fan or, I, you know, I don't have a Pac-10 or Pac-12 school or whatever. <laughs> I kind of glom onto my kids and their colleges. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll, I'll root for, like, I, I fully rooted for Virginia when they won the basketball championship a few years ago. But, again, not a very strong football team. But <laughs> I have another daughter that will be a duck this year. So you ah. might actually have a team worth rooting for. But anyway, that's just a long way of saying that, like, I don't really watch college football. <laughs> I watch high school football. I'm still a big, I, I love going to high school football games. Yeah. Well, Katie, so, we, we kind of align, don't we? With Yeah. yeah. Well, And before Cam, I tell our t- what this episode is going to be about. Oh, yeah. yeah we yeah. might want to tell you all what it is. We're, we're going to have fun. Football's back. We want to talk about it. I know we've done a little bit about NFL on a past episode, but this one's just going to be fun about football, kind of talking about a little bit of the finance and revenue behind college football and those lovely cheerleaders. But uh, we just want to have fun with this episode. But yes, Cam, now that Court said his allegiance to his teams. Yeah, I'm SEC diehard. I went to Mississippi State. It's a tough, uh, tough team to root for. <laughs> but I prefer that. Wouldn't it be boring to root for Alabama? You just know you're going to win every game. That sounds kind of yeah, boring to me. My sister-in-law went to Alabama, and I asked her that. Are y'all not tired of winning? But I'm also Mississippi State with you, Cam. I married into essentially Mississippi State. And um, love them. I, I am a diehard NFL fan, though. I'm sure from these episodes, you already know, I love my Dallas Cowboys. I kind of didn't have a choice, but I've adopted it. And then the world's meshed together with yes. Dak Prescott. Yeah, I was good. So Dak just rocked Mississippi State's world in a good way. He was actually a great football player, and we were number one for a while. And I was going to follow him anywhere except the Patriots and went to the <laughs> Cowboys. So I'm like, okay, yeehaw, I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Okay, so... Though baseball dons the title of America's pastime, football has been the nation's lifeblood. It's one of the most loved but also hated games, bringing communities together, but also can temporarily cause some major wedges between groups of people. I mean, that rivalry gets crazy. 
I mean, it's, uh, I know y'all have seen it. It's, you know, especially in, I've heard when you live in the state of Alabama, you have to declare your allegiance. Well, no. you know, I'm, I'm, I, my niece went to Auburn, so ah. I mean, I'm kind of by default an War Auburn Eagle. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Mississippi, I mean, Egg Bowl, uh, Mississippi yeah. State, Ole Miss, it gets heated. Yes, mm. for sure. And it's you're kind of, especially in the South with the SEC, you're defined by that. And even to the NFL, like if you say what your team is, you're kind of like, oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're a Packers saying, okay, but it's all fun and games. Some people take it a little extreme, but it is what it is. Sports are essential and important aspect of American society. They are indispensable when it comes to the impact of the plethora of public arenas, including the economics and the mass media. So with that, we got to do our top five, which it's more. No, we we, our top list. list. The list. The list. And today's list, very fitting, the best football movies. Awesome. The best the best football movies ever. Yes. Okay, Cam. Buckle. It'll be hard to argue with this list. Yeah, it will be. Cam, you ready to join us for this one? I am. I have a soft spot in my heart for sports movies. Oh, I love them. I used to say that sports movies were the only ones that made me cry, but then I guess I got soft in my old age, so mm. now other things do. Yeah. There's that whole Braveheart thing for me, but whatever. Oh, yes. Okay, number one. And again, this is not in any particular order, but number one on our list is Waterboy. I mean, Adam Sandler. It's such a great one. I just I love this movie. It's it's it is the best. I mean, it, well, no, it's it's not the best. I don't want to go that far, <laughs> but it is it is a really really fun football movie. It's got several lines in it that have have you know that are lines that I say repeatedly all of the time. He, he spit my cooler. That is one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. It's great. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it all night oh, long. Iskilioto. <laughs> the medulla. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we love the water boy. <laughs> The number two is um, We Are Marshall. We We are are Marshall. Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one depicts the aftermath of 1970s plane crash that uh, killed 75 people and 35 players of Marshall University. It's a true story. And it's, it's, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's apparently heartbreaking. Um, And uh, and so, yeah, there you go. All right. Number three, Undefeated. Um, This is a documentary by P. Diddy. It's about a North Memphis football team, uh, Manassas High School. They're our neighbors up north. Um, they had never won a playoff game, but in 04, it turned around. A uh, 110-year losing streak was finally broken. Spoiler wow. alert. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, the next one. Any Given Sunday. Love this movie. 1999 drama, Pacino. Team was on the top and now struggling with three consecutive losses. Yes. Love this movie. It's got Dennis Quaid. It's got a young Jamie Foxx. It's got Cameron Diaz in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, great it's cast. got a great cast. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, oh, next one is Remember the Titans. Yeah. Okay. the Titans. Money, money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is another good movie set back, uh, you know, basically a, a desegregated football team mm-hmm. and, and sort of how they came together as a team. Uh, really, really inspiring movie. Lots of great quotes. Uh, side story. Uh, back in the early 2000s, I had season tick. I lived in Nashville, and I had season tickets to the Titans games. And mm-hmm. back then, at least, they always they were constantly playing clips from this movie. You know, it's a great prior movie. To, it would be a missed opportunity yeah. if they didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. and I mean, that's it had a young Ryan Gosling in it before anybody really knew who he was. Oh, I did right. not remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. main thing I, yeah, I did not remember that. Sunshine. All right, The Longest Yard, the 1974 version. Uh, I, I've only seen the the reboot with, yeah. with Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Um, 
American prison sports comedy. The prisoners play football. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so the 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 original is generally, I think, considered better than the the the, the new one. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the case most of the time. And I think Burt Reynolds makes an appearance later in our list. And do you know why? Uh, why he's in football movies? Oh no, I no. He played football for Florida State. Ah. He played the foosball. What a man's man. That works. So he didn't have to do a lot of acting. He knew what to do. He knew what he, to he do. He was a football man. Why are you going to play the foosball? <laughs> okay, y'all. I got I to gotta make it serious. Brian's song. Uh, which we've, we've talked, talked about, about this one before. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Um, okay. This is one of those movies that makes men cry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. James Caan, Chicago Bears. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. great. Enough said. Uh, okay. Number seven. No, not number seven. Number eight um, is uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, which is an excellent movie. Billy Bob Thornton. It's all about Texas football team, Texas mm-hmm. high school football, because Friday night. Yeah. Uh, and it is a great movie. Also, TV show. TV show. So yeah. I've only seen the TV show and not the movie. So I'm mm-hmm. the. You, have you seen the TV show? I, it's on my. It's on my Netflix wish list. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I cool, need to like watch Texas vibes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need to watch it definitely. Yeah. Okay, this next one, if the list was in order from number one to number 21, this would be number one. This is <laughs> Rudy. Cameron oh. has spoken. I've spoken. <laughs> this is one of the greatest football movies, one of the greatest underdog stories. Mm-hmm. It's got a fantastic ending that I think they may have, um, they, you know, it is a true story, but I think mm-hmm. that that ending might have might have been... Nope, 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 don't talk about it. It's a great movie. Exaggerated a little bit. And Sean Astin, who played Rudy, yeah. would later on play Sam Wise in The Lord of the Rings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and now the list veers off into yeah. Cameron's okay. favorite movie. The next one. <laughs> next one is a little darker side of football, Concussion. This is Will Smith. And um, this is the one that came out a while ago. And it was all about after football. And Will Smith was a doctor. And he was trying to figure out the concussion and what was causing these patterns with these football players and the mm-hmm. impact they had on the rest of their lives and why a lot of them were committing suicide or dying really young. And it was just because of what was happening. And this was when there wasn't all the safety features that they have now to really try and protect these players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they're always trying to come up with more safety features, but about the only safety feature that would actually work, I think, is if, if they just stopped playing football, which I'm, I'm not an advocate for not playing football. I'm not saying that that's they don't the, say that, <laughs> but I mean, really the, the only way these guys are going to not be injured playing football is by just not playing because they wear suits of armor out onto the field. They need airbags. <laughs> when you said safety feature, I was thinking, man, they need like airbags <laughs> that pop out when they fall. Uh, next one is draft day. Now, uh, this is a, this is a, a movie that I haven't seen and I will, I will give you this little caveat. It's, um, it's a movie starring Kevin Costner. He plays GM of the Cleveland Browns, okay? It's incredible. Now, here's the thing. I will state firmly that I have never seen a sports movie starring Kevin Costner that was bad. Mm-hmm. No. Challenge. This, I challenge you to tell me This one's one. really good because it shows the behind the scenes of the stress and what a general manager goes through of trying to recruit the team, get the team going, and it's... It's kind of, I don't know, it's 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 shot really cool because it's not necessarily about the football game itself, but it's just about the magic behind it all mm. that makes it happen. Mm-hmm. Not only would it be stressful to be a GM, GM, but it would be stressful to work for the Cleveland Browns, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Blind Side. I have seen this. This also took place uh, in Memphis. Yep. 
Yeah. At Briarcrest Christian, it starred Sandra Bullock. She actually won Best Actress for this, and I have no idea why. I mean, uh-huh. it was it was a fine, warm and fuzzy movie, but <laughs> I don't know if it warranted. Maybe the pickings were slim that year for Best Actress. Slim pickings. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Slim chickens. <laughs> okay, um, going back to 06, uh, Invincible. This was a Wahlberg movie. He was an Eagles player. Yeah, it was, again, based on a true story. Yes. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Wow. A movie starring Wahlberg that did not take place in Boston. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one is Radio, uh, which is uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. He plays a, a special abilities uh, guy who works with a football team. and um, you know, Another heartfelt movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's touching. Yes. It's touching. The next one is a classic 90s movie, Little Giants. Love that Starring movie. Rick Moranis. Absolutely. Icebox. Yeah. <laughs> the kid putting the like slimy stuff on his hand so he can catch the football. Yeah. 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 Good movie. Yeah. Good flick. That is the one movie I, I root for the Giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I will again get my cowboy card pulled, but I rooted for the Giants in that movie. Well, you know, I think it's okay since it's fictional and they're children. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting the double ones. It's, it's you, Katie. It's you. So, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm getting the double one next. Sorry. Y'all, I can't read. Okay, Varsity Blues. This is one that is also a movie and a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess, you know, Friday Night Lights, Varsity Blues, they just, they had such success. I didn't know success. this was a TV show. Yes, it's I knew, a TV show. I knew I confir- about the movie. I remember the I movie. I confirmed it, but okay. um, Varsity Blues is a great, great movie. I know it's another one that people quote all the time. James course, Vanderbeek. Yes, James Dawson. Vanderbeek. And uh, the whole... I don't want to wait. <laughs> the whole whipped cream scene that everybody yes. tries to reenact. Yep. Mm. Wait, what? <laughs> You've never tried to reenact the whipped cream scene? All right, what's, what's the next one? Uh, okay, next is um, Jerry Maguire, which, I mean... Uh, you know, we first, talk about this one all the time. First and foremost, this is a romantic comedy, but yeah, it's also got a, a football element to it because he's a sports agent. So yeah, and plus the 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 when when Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character makes a particular catch near the end of the film, that's just that's awesome. It's an awesome scene. It shows the other side of like the family part of it, and it's like uh, little TT, little TT's got room's got ants, and so it's all about how when you're a football star, the whole family's a part of it. Such a quotable movie. It yeah. Is. Man, show me the money. You complete me. Yeah. Hide me at hello. Mm-hmm. Help me help you. Is that yeah. Jerry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. that's just Absolutely. loaded. That's why yeah. we always bring it up. Yeah. Okay, next one. Heaven Can Wait, starring Warren Beatty. He was a QB for the LA Rams. He dies in an auto accident. And uh, I think he comes back in a like a multimillionaire's body. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. supposed to die. Yeah. Uh, his guardian agent, angel pulled his soul out of his body early because he wasn't supposed to die. Uh, but it looked like it was going to really, really hurt. So his guardian angel pulled him out early. He wasn't supposed to die. So then his guardian angel had to find a new body for him and put him in a rich guy. Oh, nice. Cool. Okay, Jim Thorpe, All-American. So Jim Thorpe was the greatest football player in the first 50 years of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. This movie is about his life growing up on an Indian reserve, playing for Carlisle Academy, the Canton Bulldogs. He was also the first president of the NFL, and he was, you know, if that wasn't enough, he was also in the Olympics, 1912, and won the decathlon and the pen- pentathlon. Pentathlon? Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, he played in Canton, Ohio, and that is also where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is headquartered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They made a, Canton made an organized, uh, organized push to get that Hall of Fame located in their, in their city or yeah. town, whatever you want to call it. 
um, that, that, you know, up until then, I don't think there, there really had been a, a push like that. And they were like, not only are we going to push for the hall of fame to, to be built somewhere, but we're going to push for it to be built here. Yeah. And they boy, succeeded. They did. Um, Okay, Newt Rockney, next movie on the list. Who doesn't? Who hasn't heard the line, win one for the Gipper? This is all about Newt Rockney, who was a, 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 a legendary football coach, starred uh, also Ronald Reagan, played um, George Gipp, uh, was was one of the players, and um, at the end of the at the end of the film, the uh, new Rockney says to his team, "Win one for the Gipper." Everybody knows that line. And rounding out the list is Semi Tough, which is loosely based on the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, man, the show what? is like the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Mississippi State show, um, <laughs> but loosely based on the Cowboys in the late sixties and seventies. You know, drugs and booze and babes and football, the whole shenanigans. Yeah, Rock and this stars. was the you, when you mentioned earlier that that. That Burt Reynolds was in two on the list. That's this right. Is the second. That's one. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our list. Okay, so that completes our list. We obviously know there's a ton of different football movies out there, but these are the ones we were thinking about. Oh, and you know, I got to shout this out for David Pickler. He said, you know, football's so much love that uh, you got Charlie Brown and Lucy playing football. So obviously, the Peanuts still have their football episodes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. College football, as we said before, it's a big deal in the South. The five largest college football conferences in America are known as the Power Five. Although, with the recent defection of Texas and Oklahoma, I think... That's right. They want in the SEC. I think the uh, Big 12, I don't know. They were in one of them. I don't think that that's going to be all that big anymore with Texas and Oklahoma gone. I mean, whatever. But we'll see. Yeah, things are constantly changing, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, college football generates more than $4 billion in annual revenue for the 65 universities. Combined, those schools reap nearly $1.8 billion in profits from their football programs, and this is back in 2018, for the average of $27.5 million per university. So, I mean, that's something to think about with these schools and the revenue that are coming in. University of Texas at Austin is the top university generating most in football revenue. In 2018, they brought in $156 million that year, more than 72% of its athletic department overall turnover. Yeah, Texas's revenue has a lot to do with the fact that they have a uh, they have their own television network, basically. Oh, okay. And they, they, all, they, they have a deal with their conference that they basically got to keep all of the revenue from that network. And so it's huge and generates all kind of revenue for them. I don't think it hurts that Matthew McConaughey is their official <laughs> uh, spokesperson. Mm. Yeah, he is everywhere for sure. Most of the university's football is their economic powerhouse that subsidizes other athletic programs. And so it's been proven, especially with you know what's happened over the past couple of years, if their football programs are hurting, then it can affect all those other different athletic programs and have to cut. I mean, Stanford had to cut 11 varsity sports program due to the fear of canceled football. The fear, not even actually canceling it, but just the fear of canceling it. You mean for because of COVID? Yeah. Wow. Mm. I mean, that's a lot. So, okay, I know you said this may be old news now, the Power Five, but the Power Five top 15 revenue. Give it to us, Court. You want me to give you all 15? Give me all 15. Okay. Go. Texas, number one. Georgia, number two. Michigan, number three. Georgia kind of surprises me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, Michigan, number three. Notre Dame, number four. Ohio State. Penn State. Number seven is Auburn. Number eight is Oklahoma. Number nine is Alabama. And that, too, surprises <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, number 10, Nebraska. 
number 11, LSU, number 12, Tennessee, number 13, Wisconsin, number 14, Florida, and number 15, Washington. Man, Mississippi State didn't make the list. Mm, That's no surprise to me. (laughs) Okay, the 10 most valuable programs in college football as of August 2020. And I mean, this is kind of very similar to what we already had on this list, but this has dollars with it. So number 10, Tennessee with 727,849,000. LSU Tigers, 852,000,000. Auburn Tigers, okay, we got a thing with Tigers now, 871,000,000. Oklahoma Sooners, eight hundred eighty-five million. Sooners. Georgia Bulldogs, eight hundred ninety-one million. Uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, nine hundred and thirteen million. Michigan Wolverines, nine hundred twenty-four million. Alabama Crimson Tide, one billion. Ohio State Buckeyes, one billion four eight. And then Texas Longhorns, one point one billion. billion. That's amazing. It's all because of Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) It really is. Well, you know, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Oklahoma has a strong team. Texas hadn't had a strong team in a in a in a few seasons now, but they still have. They're still huge earners. So it's it's because they've got that diehard fan base around them that are going to support whether they're you know good, bad, or indifferent. I tried to get any one of my kids to go to Texas. (laughs) I thought it'd be fun to have a kid that went to school in Austin, but none of them were interested. You're wearing the burn orange right now. You are. Not on purpose, but <laughs> moving on. So how? So we've talked about before about the NFL and how they're gaining revenue. Well, so let's talk about how college and how they gain revenue. They can generate it from various ways, including ticket purchases, corporate sponsorships, endorsement, licensing fees, TV contracts, alumni donations. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm sure your school has reached out to you about supporting capital campaigns, student athletic fees, and for the few elite, bowl game fees or playoff championship revenue. Yeah, that's a big one. I know when we do some people's financial plan, a part of it is to build in their their dreams or goals is like season tickets for certain, you know, SEC football teams or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so that's a big deal of the alumni really supporting and helping. Most public universities lose money on their athletic programs. They can bring in big money, but also lose because of keeping up with the Joneses, having those high-dollar scoreboards put in, upgrades to their stadium, admin positions, corporate jets for recruiting, because it's kind of that catch-22 of you want to be desired, you want players who want to come to your school, but also it's how much, you know, it's the juice worth the squeeze. How much money are you going to spend to do all that to court these people, but make sure that you're going to be making enough money? (laughs) I don't know. Something to think about. You're leaving me hanging here. Y'all are not talking to me. I mean, I just, you know. I'm looking up Mississippi State's financials. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I can't say that I'm really surprised by that statistic, but I don't know enough about it to really, you know, say anything other than just like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It, it does. I guess, you know, I'm kind of like, wow, you know. Certainly not any of the big major schools. Like, I don't think this but, is the big one. I think it's kind of the smaller ones. But obviously a, a capital campaign may be created for University of Memphis because mm-hmm. we need a new scoreboard or something. Yeah. So they're probably hoping to raise all that money ahead of time. But there may be some of these schools that get to a bowl game and are really on top and then they kind of fall. And that could be what it is, is these schools that have really rose up and have been great and then now kind of step yeah. down a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, some college fun facts. Nick Saban, no surprise here, is the highest paid coach in college football. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm, 
that's not... If that shocked anyone, then... I mean, and he's besties uh, yeah. with Bill Belichick, so... Mm. Uh, They're raking in that money. Texas A&M Stadium tops the list of the most expensive college stadiums renovations. Really? That surprises mm-hmm. me. I mean, this is as of this list, so, you know... Who knows? There's always somebody bigger and better. It used to be, back in the day, Cowboys Stadium was the best of the best stadiums, and now new ones keep popping up every day. I don't know. Cowboys Stadium <laughs> is still pretty... It's pretty it's intense. Amazing. It's pretty ridiculous. I hear the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium is awesome. Oh, I've seen pictures of yeah, it. It looks cool. Yeah. From the outside, anyway. I don't know what it's like on the inside, but from the outside, it looks cool. So did you know that President Roosevelt threatened to ban college football back in 1906, following a number of deaths. In 1905, 18 men were killed in the games and 159 permanently injured. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's a Maybe lot. that's when they uh, brought out the new helmets, not the leather. You know, it, and it's interesting. I don't know how true this is. I read uh, I read an article once that said that, you know, because you have like sports like rugby where the guys are running around without pads at all and tackling each other and... and Dislocating shoulders. Yeah, but... Um, they said that, you know, you don't hear as much about like rugby injuries as you do football injuries. And it seems like part of the, what this article, the premise of the article was basically that, um, football players are so padded and so protected that they feel invincible in their pads. And so they are way more violent with each other than like the rugby players who are like, i you know, I know that I can only t- withstand this much t- punishment to my body without pads on. So they're they're a little bit more careful. Huh. Yeah. And rugby doesn't have the crazy fast like running backs. Oh yeah. Well, obviously they've made some changes, so not that many people are dying. Hopefully, uh, the first college football game was broadcast on TV in 1939. Fordham is that correct? Fordham yeah, University I so. and Waynesburg, Waynesburg. Oh, that was real Southern, y'all. Waynesburg. Waynesburg. Waynesburg College. Waynesburg College. Okay, now let's go back to NFL financials. We did NFL financials. I know, but I wanted to throw a little bit more in here. Okay. So the NFL lost $4 billion in revenue in 2020 compared to the prior year. $4 billion. Yeah, that's crazy. It dropped from $12 billion down to $16 billion in 2019, 25% drop. While they played a full season plus playoffs in 2020 games, there was limited or no fans, and so clearly fans make a difference with the revenue with NFL, and so that's something that should make you feel good of when you're going to these games, you're making a difference. <laughs> Those That overpriced hot dog you bought <laughs> makes a difference. Okay, this is one, um, you know, the bulk of revenue for sure has declined because the individual teams are having the sales of revenues with the tickets, the parking, the concessions, all of that, so it does make a difference. This is what I wanted to talk about on this episode. And the boys are looking at me like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued where <laughs> you're going to go with this one. Okay, so the average player makes around $2 million per season. Head coaches make around $7 million. Mascots can earn up to $25,000 per season. Water boys can earn up to $53,000 a year. So what about the cheerleaders? Mm, what about them? I mean, can you can you imagine a football game without cheerleaders? I mean, the cheerleader thing is kind of a racket from what I know. What? Cheerleaders I are I thought important. they were volunteers. Oh, my gosh. Today. No, I mean, like, no. seriously, it's it's a racket. And by that, I mean, like, the, the football teams, they're like, we will let you be a cheerleader. And, you know, so people are trying out to be cheerleaders and not getting paid. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that... 
And I will be honest, like it was one of those, I went to Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader Camp two times when I was a little girl. I actually got to dance halftime at a game. That's Did my, you really? Yes. That's kind of my little fun fact in college when you'd have to do the like lies and truth. I was like, oh, I, I danced halftime at an NFL game. I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way, but um, I always dreamed about it, but I never asked the questions of how much do they get paid? I just thought it was this this status symbol of you get to be a cheerleader for an NFL. And it's still, you think about it, if you were to meet somebody or if, you know, somebody was to, if, if you were a dude and your wife was an ex-NFL cheerleader, wouldn't that be your talking point? Oh, this is Susan. She used to cheer for the Buccaneers or something. <laughs> I mean, that's a status symbol, is it not? I, again, you know, I just, it's one of those things where I, if you were, if you were a Dallas, if you were married to a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, then yeah, I mean, the, the, they're, they're famous and everybody knows them and so forth. But, they're America's sweethearts. You know, some, some, some of the, some of the other teams are, are kind of shady. In the, <laughs> get their t- I think that the movie we didn't put on the list, did y'all see the movie The Replacements? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And like uh-huh. they had to try and throw together the team. And then the cheerleaders, they threw together and they were just a bunch of strippers, essentially. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, they, it was a mess. And same with like Waterboy. The cheerleaders were all drunk and high and mama had to go, come on, perk up for my baby. Okay, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> so cheerleaders have been a part of the game day experience since 1954. So you heard those crazy numbers of prices of what people are getting paid to be Water boys, mascot, head yeah, coaches, all of this. I want to get paid 53 a year to be a water boy. That's amazing. Yeah. Today, 26 of the 32 NFL teams have cheerleaders performing. Dallas has the most famous. It looks like such this glamorous job, but there's a lot of hard work and dedication, and they're not paid very well. Some teams were actually paying less than minimum wage to be a cheerleader. There have been a bunch of lawsuits that have come out over the past couple of years to help raise the pay for NFL cheerleaders, but common rate of pay was $150 each game. $150 each game. So they are basically volunteers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then $50 to $75 per public appearance. One former cheerleader said she made $3,000 a season, but far less when you take into consideration paying for hair, makeup, tanning, personal training, because of course you've got to stay perfectly fit. So, I mean, yeah, it is almost like you're volunteering. They're just giving you a little bit of money here to maybe pay for your, your snacks that day. <laughs> um, head cheerleaders have been reported to make a little bit more, about 75000 per season, but that seems to be a major outlier. And it is very much which team are you on. Mm-hmm. It depends on the appearances. And a lot of them probably make less than 10000 And yes, if your team goes to the playoffs, you're going to make more, but if you're team sucking this year, then you're not going to be making a lot of money. <laughs> and you're making this commitment because a lot of them have it where you cannot have second jobs. Like Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, it is their life. They have to live and breathe this. And they have strict rules. They are the strictest of all the cheerleaders because they have to be intelligent. They have to know all the stuff about this. They have to be available to do all these appearances, but they're not getting paid really anything. And it is a fight you mentioned about auditioning. Some mm-hmm. of them have, you have to actually pay to audition. Yeah, that's insane. The, uh, who is it? The Falcons charge $35 to audition, which doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're a veteran cheerleader, you have to pay $35 to try and keep your job. And the Saints and the Colts, you have to pay $75 every year, $75. 
And this is something you can only do for a limited number of years because oh, then yeah. you're too old. You age out. Yeah. That was my soapbox. <laughs> I need like a petition, like support for the cheerleaders because they do bring so much to the game day and kind of want to just give some education on the money they make or the lack thereof. <laughs> the lack thereof. So, like, so yeah. be kind to those cheerleaders when you're taking selfies with them, please. Why hmm. are the Cowboys cheerleaders not called the Cowgirls? I've never understood that. That's a missed opportunity. I, it, you got the boys who play and the girls who cheer. Cowboys, cowgirls. About that. So the decision about the cowboy cheerleaders came from a very infamous name in the Cowboys family, Tex Schramm. Y'all, I apologize if I mispronounced that. Please don't kick me out of the Cowboys fan club. Y'all know I'm terrible with mispronouncing names. But he was the GM who effectively ran the Cowboys from 1960 to the 1980s period. He was a communication genius. He developed the relationship between the NFL and TV. He was the one that had the idea of Monday Night Football. And of course, he was the one credited with the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. Before this, teams didn't really have a distinctly branded cheer squad. So that is why they're not the Cowgirls. Wow. So this Shram guy, it, he wasn't only a legend in the Cowboys area, but like the NFL in general. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a big deal. He still should have called them the Cowgirls, though. Nope. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I don't know. You know, it, interesting. I went to went to a couple of Cowboys games. You never see anything on TV about the other dance squad. But, you know, there, <laughs> yep. there is another dance the squad. The Rhythm and Blues. And uh, they, I, I, like, I, liked, I liked their stuff. Uh, I, I, was, I was a fan. That's fairly <laughs> recent that they added those. Mm. Um, and I, it's no offense at all. I, this is a bad joke. But I used to joke that those were the ones that didn't make it on the team because it is such cutthroat. But they are more of a palm, hip-hop yeah. type dancing mm-hmm. things. And... And you can notice a difference in their physique as well. A, a Cowboys cheerleader, you line them all up and they all look pretty much the exact same with everything. Every part of their body is pretty much the same. They even will spray tan. So a African-American cheerleader does not look that much darker than a white cheerleader. Like that they all are about the same skin tone. It's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. But and they're very strict about how your hair should be and they will change everything. The, there's a reality show about it mm. but yes their hip-hop dancers are really fun as well mm. i don't know what they get paid but probably way less than <laughs> the cheerleaders okay let's throw in some more football fun facts because you know who doesn't want some more fun f- facts about football i do <laughs> <laughs> so earlier before this episode started cam's got a little cold and he's kind of going <sighs> and I guess this shows our age because I instantly started thinking about Helga and thought, move it, football head. That would be from Hey Arnold. Yes, that's uh, that's way after my <laughs> Way time. after court's time. <laughs> Reason I'm saying that is because the oval football was an accident. In uh, 1869 game, two rival schools repeatedly attempted to properly inflate this ball and it failed. And so finally they were fed up. They played with a simply oddly inflated object and later that would then be re- refined and get a facelift in 1906. And moving forward, that's the football we have. Interesting. Oval ball's a better name for it. Oval ball. Because football, you rarely touch the ball with your foot. I mean, you have the kickers and that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. Especially it's like, well, we have we have football. And then the rest of the world is like, you what? Um, we have football. You have, you guys have. You have handball. <laughs> yes, they have it more properly named. Okay, so another one, 
there's constantly all these rules that keep changing about football. I know like the latest ones were about the celebratory dances and stuff in the end zone and constantly things are going back and forth and we have these crazy games that happen and then all of a sudden a new regulation comes out. Oh, you can't do that. Like never forget the Dallas playoff game and the whole, was it a catch or was it not? And then bam, here's another rule. Reason I'm saying that is because there used to not be that many rules and it used to be very loose regulations. In fact, football players often resorted to trickery. (laughs) The coaches like to take advantage of that and one legendary coach had his players wear elastic jerseys that could contain a football. So after a huddle, when they broke up, the opposing teams had no idea who had the ball. I mean, (laughs) it's like, oh, I'm just going to hide it real fast. Like, what? That would not fly today at all. You know, it's it's funny. Um, I I I I only heard this story. I did not actually witness it happen. But the high school that I went to, um, before I actually started going to school there, they won the state tournament in 80, 80, 85, 86. and um, during their their season of of winning and eventually going on to win the state, one of the games that they won, they won with a trick play. And I don't know exactly how it worked, so you know, don't don't pin me down on these details. But um, basically, they huddled, um, and then one of the guys just sort of walked up to the line of scrimmage and um, picked up the ball and started running with it. <laughs> no hike, no you know, no lining up. Whoa. Just just went up, picked up the ball, and was like, okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot of that stuff can fly more with uh, high school games and football, like college games. You can usually get by with some of those, but uh, not NFL. There's way too many camera angles watching everything. Okay, but what about the uh, what about the 1893 game you were talking about? Okay, I got real dirty. 1893, <laughs> two rival schools. Because, of course, you know, it can't be friendly schools. they got to be rivals. Um, the home team actually showed up on the field with full-body oiled leather suits. The slick surface would make it extremely impossible for the opposing team to try and grab them or tackle them. Mm-hmm. Jokes on the home team because it ended up being that the oil-less squad, the ones that didn't try and cheat, won six to zero. Yeah, you know, I gotta think that that would be hot. If you're wearing full oh, body yeah. leather and out there playing football, that's that's you're just oiled up. Yeah. Ugh. Oh god, that's gotta be miserable. I mean, I did read this story and think about the little giants and the guy with the sticky stuff on his hands. <laughs> It's fun. Hey, have y'all seen HBO's new season of Hard Knocks? I have not. It's on the Cowboys. It's oh. it's so good. I'm working my way through it. Uh, Dak and Zeke are best friends. I mean, I kind of always assume, but it's it's hilarious. You got to watch yep. it. See, I mean, that's what it is. Football's all around us, and it is such a wrapping it back up to kind of financial stuff and why the heck we're even talking about this is obviously when a town is in the play when they're when their college team or their NFL team is in a playoffs or they're in a championship or something like that you think about it that city thrives they have an economic boom because people are coming to see them and i saw it with Dallas when they moved their stadium to Arlington then when that first was built there was nothing around Arlington it was just like some kind of rundown hotels and very little restaurants and then it's boomed and the thing is, is the Arlington ball field, uh, baseball field was there, as well as Six Flags. So there was big things there. 
But it took that football stadium getting there that really made that area boom. Mm. So was the Ranger Stadium there before the yeah. new football Ran- stadium? Ranger okay. Stadium was there. Okay. Yeah. It's and a cool, Six cool Flags area. was there too. Yeah. But so it's it's something that it really does. Everything goes back to finances that these football teams, not only are you throwing a bunch of your finances into being a dedicated fan, mm-hmm. buying the latest jerseys and you know, having your cookouts and stuff like that. But it's also, a lot of them do give back philanthropically. They have their charities that they support. And I know, um, like, Salvation Army is a big one. And a lot of times, there's a month that a lot of the athletes will decorate their cleats to support a charity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where it is such a big conversation, they do try and use their power for good and try and give back to the community. Mm. Saying Salvation Army reminds me when Zeke made a touchdown one time and he jumped and in the big the Salvation Army pot and he played peekaboo and I yes. was cracking up. <laughs> well, you know, you, you mentioned it in passing. We we hardly even touched on uh, the one of the great game day traditions of tailgating. Oh, yeah. And oh, man, we could have a whole episode on that. The money that people spend on tailgating just blows my mind. We When we went to, when we went to see, visit my niece uh, and she was at Auburn... It was the first time I'd ever been to a big college game day tailgating thing. I've never been down to Ole Miss. I've never been to the Grove. I haven't seen any of that. So this was my first time at, at something like that. And people, people just, I mean, they had multiple TVs in their tents mm-hmm. with their refrigerators and all kinds of, I mean, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tailgating NFL, tailgating college, and especially those big SECs. They'll have dedicated tents. They'll have catering come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, State did a lot of that. Yeah, we have the junction. Mm. Ole Miss has the Grove. We have the junction. It's huge. But yeah, and it's, again, those businesses thrive on having those tailgates and having game day specials and, you know, get your beer here and come over here. Well, not only that, but the, the, at least at Auburn, I don't know if it's like this at every big school, but at Auburn, the people that have the good tailgate spots pay a lot of money for those mm-hmm. spots. Yeah. It's just one other thing that you pay for to be able to, to park your stuff and p- put your tent up in a particular location. So yeah. you've got, it's basically reserved. It's not like first come, first serve. A lot of times, if, again, this is mostly in the South, but if you've got to go out of town and you've got to go for, say, a wedding, you better look. If you're going to a big college football town, you may not be able to get a hotel because it's a game day. Mm, if, yep. Like I always tell brides and stuff like that, if you've got an in-town game, you better watch it. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, you got Tennessee, you've got all the Mississippis, you've got Alabama, everybody. And heaven forbid, I will tell you, this place shuts down when it's game time. You've got to make, be aware that if you have a meeting or something, somebody's going to be on their phone checking the scores. Mm-hmm. I am so glad football is back. It's back. That's a good summary, right? <laughs> <laughs> we love football. Yay, football. Okay, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We'll move on to our bullseye. Okay, so my bullseye is uh, knowledge is power. The more you know now of how much cheerleaders make or lack of what they make. Um, But really, it's one of those kind of just driving home about football is very much an economic engine. It makes a huge impact to a lot of local communities and cities and states and all of that. And we are so excited that football is back. You can feel proud. Maybe if you need that argument of why you're buying that new jersey or why you're having that tailgate party, you can tell your significant other, oh, well, they give back, so I need to support. Mm. (laughs) That's my fun bullseye. Fun bullseye. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so my bullseye is this. Um, I like the community value of football, even on the most basic level. I like what it adds to, for instance, we're in a small town with one high school. Uh, and so the Collierville High School games are a big deal out mm -hmm. here. Now, granted, there are a couple of other high schools that actually are private high schools that have teams out here, but Collierville High School's games are big and crowded every single Friday night, and I love that. I love that, the, the, the sense that you really are part of the community when you go to those games. And I didn't even have a football player on the team. I just had a, a palm dancer, but I was there every Friday night that they were playing at home, and man, it's fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you may you may have issues with football as a sport, as a game, injuries, you know, are they taking care of the players? Are they, you know, mistreating college players? Uh, are they mistreating their, their cheerleaders and whatnot? But there are a heck of a lot of benefits of having that sort of thing that everybody can get behind, especially when your team is winning. And that's my bullseye. Oh, Katie, guess what? There was the closing bell. Whistle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you've heard and you would like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have these podcasts beam directly into your ears every single Thursday. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, you can go to our website, that's bullcastpodcast.com, and leave a comment, uh, suggest a topic for an episode, um, you know, email us with questions, we'll, we'll be happy to respond. Um... If you like pictures, we've got Instagram. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And if you like words, we also have the Twitters. And that uh, tweet handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally, uh, Katie and I work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors, a financial advisory firm here in Collierville, Tennessee. And if you'd like to find out more about that firm, more about our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. That is absolutely correct. Ladies and gentlemen, I've given you your homework. I've given you everything you need to go forth and prosper. So, for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we... Going to watch some football. Football.